From the Daily Yonder and Public News Service, this is the news from rural America. Many farmers say their future depends on better broadband. Any farm is actually a small business. Heather Hampton Nodal farms in south-central Illinois. High-speed internet is critical for advances, from improved fertilizer placement to soil health. And Nodal says farmers need to be able to access software from the field. So the speed of that data really matters, especially when it comes to making decisions related to marketing. Not being able to bank electronically also hurts rural residents who rely on the United States Postal Service to pay their bills. Last month, first-class mail was slowed from three days to upwards of five in a cost-cutting measure. But historian Christopher Shaw says the post office has to be preserved. It does have a real impact on, on people's lives. The current postmaster also wants to raise rates, but Shaw argues it's a public service that should be treated as such. There's a lot of rural America that would be considered economically inefficient to serve, and so that's why we have a government agency to do it. In rural communities, traveling nurses can be a godsend. But as Sander Brown explains, their perks can have a downside. Better pay, secured housing, and other benefits have persuaded some rural staff nurses to quit their jobs. But Dr. Nicole Rahana of the Rural Nurse Organization says that the recent coverage is misplaced. Well, I think it's gotten a lot of press but I don't think it's as prevalent as everybody thinks it is. The real problem is retaining rural nurses after the pandemic, said Rahana, something solved by recruiting those already living in rural communities. If we use a grow-our-own model, we're going to have a long-term provider there. Rahana added that nurses will be crucial for care of an aging rural population. Two small cities in Oregon have built a model for improving how police respond to mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. Someone in a crisis needs de-escalation, respect, safety, and support. Ebony Morgan leads CAHOOTS in Springfield and Eugene, Oregon, an innovative program that's getting national attention. I'm inspired to do this work in very personal ways. My father, Charles Morgan, did not get a chance to participate in raising me. He died during an encounter with the police when he was just 25. CAHOOTS staff don't carry weapons and haven't had a loss of life or serious injury since it started more than 30 years ago. Seasonal time changes are inconvenient for many, but technology has made it a lot easier for some dairy farmers and their cows. For years, Bill Schuler of Schuler Dairy in southwest Michigan had to physically help his cows to automated milkers. Whenever the time would change in the spring or the fall, we would start gradually changing our clocks by small increments. With today's robotic milking machines, Schuler's cows saunter over on their own schedules whenever they're ready, never mind the time on the clock. This has given us a life. We're not a slave on a dairy farm anymore. For the Yonder Report and Public News Service, I'm Roz Brown. For more rural stories, visit dailyyonder.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast, and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.